For those of you who are visiting, we have been going through the book of Hebrews. We're learning a lot. I'm learning a lot that I really hadn't seen that clearly before. And this is uh, something that every pastor, I believe, should stretch themselves so that they're not getting narrower and narrower, but opening up wider and wider to the truth of Jesus Christ. We've been looking to Jesus. He's our focus. He's our purpose. He's also our model. He's the one who has called us to himself. And he calls us to walk like him. That is what our DNA is as believers in Jesus Christ. And so in this Hebrews series, it's been looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus. There's nothing else in the book of Hebrews. Okay, I'm going to ask, it's not a personal question because I'm the pastor. It's a question of accountability. How many of you have read this past year through the book of Hebrews? How many of you are going to finish the book of Hebrews and reading it through before summer? That's just in a couple of weeks. You can do it in one day. I've read it probably a half a dozen times now, just in one sitting, just reading through it and really getting that into your heart because it's a deep book. It's got a lot there. And so you don't understand a lot of it. I don't think it really matters. The more you read it, the more you understand. We're going to look at another passage as well this morning, I think. I'm not going to read it because we go through it again in my message piece by piece. So that'll save a little bit of time, Katie. Yeah. For those of you that don't know it, I'm under accountability to my wife, who's an incredible help to me with going like this, which means don't say that. Don't continue that thought. So I'm going to just skip this. And if you're speed readers, you just read it. (laughs) Good. You got it? Okay. Let's go to the next reading in Hebrews. We're going to be going over the Exodus one. For you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and to a blazing fire and to darkness and gloom and whirlwind and to the blast of a trumpet, and to the sounds of words which sound was such that those who heard begged that no further word be spoken to them, for they could not bear the command, if any beast touches the mountain, it will be stoned. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. But... You have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to myriads of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks better than the blood of Abel. 
We're going to contrast now what is in Exodus that I didn't read for the sake of time, but I do have it outlined. By the way, Bible study is very, very important to us as believers. In other words, we need to be bringing, not just studying for the sake of studying or passing a test. Well, there is a test at the end of the line, but we're talking about the test that happens in your life every day as a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, you need to be reading the Bible even more than what we do as Christians by the fact that that is where life is. Real life and really understanding how to live righteously in this world. There are some clues that we would love to sit down and talk to you about, but there are a few clues on how to read the Bible. I talked about you reading through, just reading, just going through it, because it gets into your heart and the Holy Spirit can use that. Another way, or on top of that, is to be able to stop at a certain section or book and just start outlining it. There are many, many Bible study techniques that you could use to enrich your Christian life. The Word of God is alive. We need to be imbibing. We need to be drinking in the word of God. A good way that I find is to outline. And so if I'm reading a book or a chapter, I'll go through and outline it. And I get it, the main points, into my head, down to my heart. Mark your Bibles. Some people say, well, we can't mark it. It's the Holy Bible. No, 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 no. It is a book. And to mark it is not sacrilegious. To highlight important words is what the Holy Spirit uses to get it down into your heart. Do that. You have not come to, this is what we didn't read. And then in the blue is what we just did read. But you have not come to a mountain that can be touched. But you have come to Mount Zion the city of the living God. Incredible. Our God is living. He's not a stone. He's not some kind of tree or something to worship. He is a living God. We haven't come to a blazing fire. In fact, what we've come to is a heavenly Jerusalem. Jerusalem is already our citizenship. We have already, if we accepted Jesus Christ, we are citizens of heaven. They're moving the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. Our hearts have already been moved there, many of us. We are citizens of the heavenly city, Jerusalem. Darkness, gloom, whirlwind, you have not come to those. To the trumpet blast, scary. But you've come to myriads of angels. And who are the angels? There are servants. Servants of God sent to us to put us closer to Jesus Christ. Every one of you who name the name of Jesus have angels who are looking after you. Read your scriptures. You have not come to sound of words which made those who heard beg for no more words. Actually, in fact, what happens is where the general assembly of the church of the firstborn enrolled 
in heaven. We heard about students that are going into junior high now, and now they're enrolled. But we are coming to the General Assembly, the Church of the Firstborn, enrolled in heaven. My name's there. Is your name there? You have not come to that they could not bear the command. If even a beast touches it, it will be stoned. But we come to God, the judge, the righteous judge of all, and to the spirits made perfect. That is us. The list continues. You have not come to so terrible a sight that even Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. But you have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood. And what is that blood? It's the blood of Jesus, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. What did Abel's blood speak? The Bible says it cries out from the ground, vengeance, righteousness. Jesus' blood does not ask for vengeance. What it does, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, one of the last things he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing as his blood dripped to the ground. Father, forgive them. That applies to every man, woman, and child, to all of us in this room. Forgive them. And we know his forgiveness. What a savior. But there's also talk in Hebrews 12, goes on to say, see to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. He's not a God that we cringe from. He's a God who listens. For if those did not escape when they refused Moses, who warned them on earth, much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven, come to me, all you that labor are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But if you don't, there is no rest for the wicked. There is no other alternative. There is no other way to salvation. That's the word that we have. It's a precious word. It is a scary word for those that have not learned it, learned about him. And his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. Right now, we are reading the news. We don't hear so much about it because news is just exactly like that. You hear so much of it that you just get tired of listening to it, but you know that news continues. How many have heard in this last week about what's happened in Hawaii? You know what? The volcano is still happening, but the news people say, oh, that's old news. Let's get on to something more sensational. It's continuing. It's getting worse. And scientists are saying, you know what? Something is going wrong with the earth. And we're on this ball. How are we going to make it off this ball that we're standing on? It's scary. Japan is in that ring of fire. And we're just kind of enjoying our life here in Tokyo. Isn't it lovely? 
We were just talking the other day. What is going to happen to Tokyo? You saw what happened to Kobe. Well, some of you weren't that old, but back when Kobe had an incredible earthquake, they thought Kobe is the last place that there will be an earthquake in Japan. It was down. It was incredible. It was terrible to see the scene of that. God says, not only the earth, but also the heaven he's going to shake. I don't know what that means. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken, of created things, so that those which cannot be shaken may remain. This building is coming down. Do you realize that? It will happen. God is shaking not only the earth, but also the heavens. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. We talked about hands last week. What are our hands for? Incredible tasks that we can do. But our hands are for praising the Lord. I wish that we all, when we sing songs that we already sang this morning, would raise our hands. Well, I don't want to be called strange or charismatic. (laughs) I'm sorry the charismatics took that away from us or we wouldn't enter in with them. When the Holy Spirit really gets hold of your life and your heart and your soul and your spirit, that's what is natural, to be able to hold up your hands. God made our hands, as I told you last week, there's no machine that can do what we can do with our hands. An acceptable service with reverence and awe. You know the word awe. You know what the word awe means? It means awe. <laughs> I'm a simple preacher. For our God is a consuming fire. And what does that mean? His fire inside of you will consume everything that will be burnt up. Let him in. There are things that are in your mind and your heart. You don't want to be there. Our God is a consuming fire. And getting him inside your heart fully, all those closets that nobody else knows about, behind the door, up on the top shelf of your mind and your heart. He is a consuming fire. And his Holy Spirit says, what about this, Ron? What about this over here? What about that? That is one meaning of what it means for God to be a consuming fire. This is my last verse. 1 John 4, 17-9 By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in the world. By this, love is perfected with us. How can you perfect love? I mean, if it's real love, 
how can you perfect it anymore? It means that we allow more and more of God's love to be in us and we walk it out. None of us are perfect, but love is. And as it works through us, it is being perfected so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in the world. This is a good passage for the Reach Global team to use. Choose 1 John 4:17 to 19 because as he is, so also are we in the world. That was just a little exhortation. There is no fear in love. Cringing fear. I don't want to look at God. I don't want to go. I don't want to be convicted. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love. Who has perfect love? If you're in love with Jesus and he is in you, you have perfect love. It casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment. And we've talked about discipline. We're talking at the end of a discipline series of messages that we've just had. And most of us cringe at discipline. Fear involves punishment. The one who fears is not perfected in love. But get this. This is the kicker. We love. Why? Because he first loved us. You know, folks, this is something that the world has taken, this word love, and destroyed it. We need to invent other words, I believe, that don't bring up all kinds of images of sex, lust, ambition, of those things that the world declares to be what you need to have in your life to be perfect. Jesus is love. God is love. Think about that. Imagine it. Get it into your heart. What does real love mean? You get to that place and you're at a place where God can be opening up your life and allowing you to reach out to others that are so hard and difficult to love. You know, it was said of the early church by those that were not believers that were looking on. Oh, how they love one another. May that be what they're talking about, who we are as believers. Oh, how they love one another. That's what God has made us for. That is what he has desired that we perfect, that he perfects in us. So that these hands can minister to people that need a hand lift. So that we can bless people and bring God's blessing upon their heads and their lives. That's what we're called for. That is our mission 
That is what the Christians did. And that's what we are. That is our commission. To go into all the world and preach the gospel. What is the gospel? It's what Ace Kanda is doing in Okinawa. Preaching there in Okinawa. And he's down there loving those churches and high schools that he's been preaching in. This is what love means. His mother passed away this last week, a hundred years old. And Ace said, she's a believer. That's where his confidence is. I'm going to continue my work here and not come home. His mother knew the Lord, soundly knew the Lord from the testimony that we've heard. She was a hundred years old when she died just this past week. That's love. Did he love his mother? Yes, he did. But he was called to show love to other people. Let's be that kind of Christian. We're not holding Ace up as a model because we're holding you up as models and the love that you have given and showed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this passage. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for reminding us of what your discipline does in our lives. That it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Thank you for your hand on us. Thank you that you have led us to this time this morning to hear these words and to act upon them. And I pray your blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.